At the end of the day, if I look at a picture of ribs, it's kind of gonna look, gonna look the same. It might taste different in Kansas City or Carolina, but it's gonna look the same in that picture. But if hear Sean Walshef's story, I'm like, man, maybe I'll even get to meet that guy when I come in there. Yeah. I'll feel the essence, right? So think about it this way. It's almost like you listen to one song from a band, and then you walk into the restaurant, you get the whole album. Yeah. Right? That's how I think about it. Hey! So we're back for another episode of Hospitable. Hospitable is a podcast all about how do we make hospitality more human through technology. And with that being the theme of this, this is this is a long time coming. This real life meeting is what three years in the making. Almost three years. I've been count. I've been counting on the days. And we finally made it happen. We are here at Cali Barbecue in beautiful San Diego. Thanks to our lovely host Sean Walshef, and we're getting to use this space all day, shooting some content. What a better place to be like at a barbecue joint in San Diego for our first like meeting of the minds. What's really exciting about being in a barbecue joint is that you're a KC barbecue guy and this is a California barbecue joint. So I'm curious when we have a taste testing later oh, today, how that's going to go. I, I feel that I, I'm going to love it. Like I come on, look at me and, and we know we know that I love food. So I have a feeling it's going to be good. The reason why I really wanted to have you on and, and we talk about hospitality there's two kind of themes that I want to cover today with you. And, and one is the fact that you spent how many years on a cruise ship? I lived at sea for 10 years in a hospitality sales role. And then I was an executive for another five years. That's amazing. So for those that don't know this guy, this is Nick Capazzi. He is uh, my favorite Canadian. I think it's fair to say. I'm an American now. Favorite Canadian American uh, that I know. And now you're doing something really cool. You run, you co-founded a company called Spice Video, and you help brands tell their story. Why or how did you make the shift into the video world? Like, what was it that drove you into the video? Because previously, before starting this, you were getting into video big. You had all kinds of stuff going on. Talk yeah. to me about this world of video. So I actually started using video to drive traffic in 2000. So when I first stepped on a cruise ship, we were selling high-end luxury goods, so Swiss watches, high-end jewelry brands. And if you cruised in 2000, you had three TV stations. You had CNN, ESPN de Portes, which was all soccer in Spanish. <laughs> and then he had this sizzle reel channel for these luxury brands. Yeah. And in 2000, like it looked good, but it was just these reels. So my second contract, I went down with a camcorder and I started shooting my own videos. And instead of talking about the products, what I would do is come to this presentation. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about Ocho Rios, Jamaica. Like you got to get Ocho Rios Blue Mountain Coffee. Mm -hmm. You got to get this. You got to get that. And we were driving so much traffic with video to these live events. Because when you're cruising, you're not thinking about shopping duty free. No. And if you are thinking about a revenue department, you're probably thinking about like the spa or the casino, something sexy. So I had to get people's attention and get them excited to come to the presentation. Fair point. And so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the, the cruise days. Just a few stories. Okay. Not to me, because I know that you could do a whole series, a whole show on being talking travel stories. But when we think about this idea, you had this idea in the early 2000s, you took a camcorder, you're telling people where to go, you're really driving an emotion. So tell me about that. Like, why is that so impactful for you? You've been doing this for years. What is it, what did you realize well, when you were working with people that you wanted to elicit emotion? So it was, well, I'll tell you why. Interesting, that's an interesting question. It was because I was on stage. So I was using traffic to drive people to a live presentation. Then I was on stage in front of hundreds of people. 
and watching that crescendo of the crowd based off, you know, how I was presenting, um, just I realized that the more emotion I evoked, the more they were excited to go and shop for these products, right? And these are like high-end luxury products. So you really had to tie a story mm -hmm. to what you were talking about. And I could conceptually get Kathy from Kansas City into the idea of buying a Swiss watch duty-free. But then, you know, I have 15 different brands that I'm representing. So I had to tell these distinct brand stories. And I think the opportunity today in 2023 that people miss when it comes to telling brand stories, they talk about the product. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to the founder. I want to talk to the person who had this pain point, had the hypothesis, spun up this solution. That's interesting. Yeah. I want to talk about the pain points that they're solving. Not that, hey, is this a pain for you? But like get into the nitty gritty. If you're selling to, let's say, CFOs, mm -hmm. what's the actual solution going to do to solve their specific pain? And I think we stay at a very high level when it comes to telling stories. The deeper you go, the more interesting it is. Absolutely. And I love that you kind of share that because you talk about Kathy from Kansas City. And um, you have a saying that, that uh, the guys will say they hear you all the time. What B2C is sexy like chicken. Say, what is the saying? B2C so to B2B. I stole this from our host today, Sean Walsh, <laughs> about six months ago. And I'll never go back because we do really like B2C storytelling for B2B brands. We do B2C as well. But, you know, B2C is sexy. It's chicken wings and barbecue and high tops, right? B2B is an efficiency tool mm -hmm. often. So how do I take an accounting software or a HR software or, you know, a, a sales tool yeah. and make that like really sexy, like as, as appealing and as mouthwatering as a chicken wing? Yeah. Right. So that's how you have to think. How can I really get people excited to go after the solution and explore it? And when you think about the CFO example, what do you feel is exciting? What is it that makes it emotional? Like how do you, how do you solve it? Usually in a B2B world, the pain point is either an efficiency problem or a process problem. How do you turn that into emotion? What's keeping them up at night, right? If that CFO is staring at the bedroom ceiling when they're falling asleep at night or trying to fall asleep at night because they have these problems, okay. I'm looking for that reaction. So it's the same thing when I was on stage, right? I'm looking for the crowd. I mean, I had like 10,000 hours on a stage. So I would watch as the crowd moved. And it's the same thing. I'm watching the body language. So when you're doing a demo or a presentation of whatever you're selling, you got to have that lockdown. Yeah. Up, down, left, right. Like, you know your national anthem. You can jump in at any point because I want to be watching the person mm -hmm. that is receiving the information. And you know that you're really hitting on something yeah. if they feel they're getting pulled into the story. So I look at it like I'm on stage in yeah. a, like a theater presentation. And if I can get someone from the audience pulled in feeling they're a part of it. Yeah man, you are really hitting at it. So I'm watching them for slight, it's like playing poker. I'm looking for those little tells of found a pain point. Yeah. Well, I think that's really important because what most people don't realize is that 95% of communication is not verbal, right? So 5% is actually what we say. 95% is that reaction. And it's also why, I mean, we talk about this all the time, but like the framing of, especially in a digital world where a lot of times we're on Zoom calls, we're not in, in person anymore. Like the way you frame your camera from heart center up makes yep. a big difference. So you have all those emotions you can see and feel. And you talk about that in your video. So I want to take a pause before we get too far off the rails and bring back to your story, a little bit of your journey. Because we kind of, I, I got so excited to jump into it. So walk me through, you were in the cruise, the cruise ship industry for a long time. And then you found your way into this tech space. And that's how we met. Yep. We were, were circling around each other introductions and finally like we met in somewhere and then larry long's like you need to talk to rob and larry 
It's my boy, man. Larry Long Jr. I love Larry. So talk to me. How did how did you make this natural transition from being in one industry and falling into the tech space? Because for you, it's still kind of new, but now here you are running your own company. So it was quite by accident, but now I actually teach how I did it. I'm like, how could I take what took me three years to figure out, yeah. just throwing stuff at a wall and then condense it? If I was starting over today, how do I do that in three months? But there's a little bit of a backstory. So I actually went to college for radio. So I was in radio and then television for about That's five years. That's where this voice is from. I mean, hear this voice? It's sexy. Um, so, you know, I had this broadcast background, then I was on stage and then I trained people how to be on stage, which is like major league baseball. And yeah. to me now video is like little league, right? Yeah. Cause if you can do on a stage in front of hundreds of people and sell, that's impressive. Yeah. So what I did was I wasn't trying to, I didn't know what tech was. I didn't yeah. know what SAS was. Um, but I, I hesitated for like two weeks cause I was connected to like CEOs of cruise lines, but I posted my first video about three years ago. And it was about what I knew, which was presentation skills. So yeah. my first video was actually talking with tempo and pace, went to speed up, went to slow down. So you really get people engaged and it blew up. I did another video, another video, and it was the SaaS, the software as a service seller community that picked me up and started liking and commenting. And it took on a world of its own. And I looked at myself originally as a sales trainer because, you know, I, I was in the sales function, right? It, it kind of everything go to market and the cruise, but Really, I looked at myself as a seller. So I was trying to position myself as a sales trainer. And I was getting contracts, especially on demos and stuff. But what I realized was people kept coming to me for video. And they're like, how do I do what you're doing with video? And I'm like, I don't have a package for that. They're like, figure it out and I'll pay you. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm on to something. So it started almost like side hustling. And then it got so big at the beginning of 2023 that I had to find my two partners, Ben and Aaron. And we spun up Splice Video. And now we, uh, we help brands tell their stories. <laughs> I love it. So you talk about, you know, the question of eliciting emotion when we talk about like the CFO example, right? And you ask the question, what keeps you up at, what keeps that person up at night? Yep. Now as a entrepreneur, as a co-founder running your own business, what keeps you up at night? What wakes you up at 3 a.m.? Nothing. I sleep like a baby because I have fantastic <laughs> partners. Actually, this is an interesting thing. Quick sidebar. You know, I'd always looked at myself as an entrepreneur or a solopreneur. And then about three years ago, my dad said to me, he knows me obviously very well. He said, you need partners. You have a very specific skill set. You need an operator. You need this, you need that. And I said, nah, I don't need partners. But I found some great partners. So that worked out really well for us. I think the real question, we've been very fortunate. We had a lot of traction, a lot of success out of the gate. So, you know, now it's like, how do we scale? Or do we want to scale? Maybe we want a lifestyle business, right? So thinking about what we want this to be, we're six months in. Yeah. Um, so it's just nice to have the options and opportunities. I love it. It's great. You still don't answer the question. There's nothing that keeps you up at night, that wakes you up? No. I sleep like a baby. Because uh, you know why? Because here, I'll tell you why I sleep like a baby. When I first launched this, a very good friend of mine who helped us get this started said, what's your monetary goal for the first year with this company? I said, there's no number. I said, what I want is 20 deliriously happy clients. I want to give cruise ship hospitality. So we are trying to blow people away with the experience of us because that's what a brand is. People yeah. get caught up in brand as like colors and a logo. It's not. Brand is the experience from the first touch point to the customer success at the end and everything in between. That's what your brand is. So, you know, we've been fortunate because we do quality products. So people keep coming back to us. So it's really kind of future planning. So yeah, really, truly, there's nothing that's keep touch wood, but there's nothing that's <laughs> keeping me up today, September 19th, 2023. Nothing's keeping me up at night. I love it. So you just made a great point about this, the idea of video and, and creating that brand journey, that experiential from the first touch point through and, and video is a big part of that. 
knowing the hospitality space like you do, and this podcast being about the hospitality space, we see that the hospitality industry, in my opinion, is not utilizing video very well. They're they're making commercials and it's these things, but not actually being the show, as Sean would say, right? So how would you, like, what do you see in the industry and, and how should hospitality be leveraging the power of a digital generation? Because travelers today, especially when we think about global hospitality, the travelers are younger. They're getting, they're getting younger. There's still people that travel, but we look down to the more digital, hyper-connected world. How are we connecting with them? How are we getting them to want to come to our experiences? And I feel like that's where there's a huge opportunity. So I want to kind of let you riff on that for a second. So I could go on this for days. And when you said under, underutilized, I can, I'm doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on that. Because I think what happens is, especially, so let's take a restaurant, for example. What do you see when you're scrolling through Instagram? Pictures of beautiful plates. And that sounds, I think that lamb with that mint would taste great, right? But that's a, a fleeting moment. Yeah. What's the story of that chef? Mm-hmm. Was that chef originally from like Gdansk, Poland, and then backpacked through Asia and got really good at cooking Thai food? That's an interesting story. And I think because especially hospitality was so quick to market with social media, right? They, they were the first to kind of take it over. Everyone's drinking their own Kool-Aid of like pictures or, or short stories or, or really you know, small things, more like, how do I highlight this pretty picture? How do I take a great picture of this? Whereas the stories, I want to hear about the owner. I want to hear about going at 7 a.m. in the morning and not leaving till 2 a.m. the first six months and what you were feeling. What was that like? That's the story. That person is going to drive me. Because at the end of the day, unless it's Cali barbecue here in San Diego, at the end of the day, if I look at a picture of ribs, it's kind of going to, look, going to look the same. It might taste different in Kansas City or Carolina, but it's going to look the same in that picture. But I hear Sean Walshef's story. I'm like, man, maybe I'll even get to meet that guy when I come in there. Yeah. I'll feel the essence, right? So think about it this way. It's almost like you listen to one song from a band, and then you walk into the restaurant, you get the whole album. Yeah. Right? That's how I think about it. I love that. It's a great analogy. I think so much, when you look at the, the hospitality space, there's there's tons of brands and Tons of different things and tougher different experiences. But when we actually think about the world of hospitality, some of our most sentient moments are travel experiences. Yes. And you, you can't have a great travel story without something bad happening, right? It's kind <laughs> of that, that um, you can't have joy Murphy's without law. pain, right? Sure. Exactly. So how how can brands better utilize video to tell those stories, to to create those experiences where you tie into them more, you feel more aligned? What are some of the best things that brands should be thinking about how to use it or what channels should they be using? 100%. So let's keep it on that hospitality vein. Let's talk about hotels, right? What do you think about when you, you think of a hotel? You'll look at 30 pictures. You'll float through them. The pool looks nice. That's a nice view downtown. You're really looking about the location. What I would do if I owned a hotel, I would have a whole video series of everything that's within a 10-minute walk of that hotel, right? What are the coffee shops you come and explore coming through for business? Great, check out this coffee shop. You wanna work remotely for a few hours? You're gonna love it. And come and see this this barista, order that, yeah. right? What are the local restaurants? Because I'm just gonna do it on Google Maps. But the problem is, is then what I'm doing is I'm still hitting that gate yeah. of the limitation of not great media. Yeah. But become the show. I'm gonna quote Sean Walshef again. Do you wanna make advertisements or you wanna be the show, yeah. right? So if I owned a hotel, let's say in downtown Toronto, I would say, hey, listen, on King Street, just in a 10-minute walk on this, you have access to this and this and this. It, same thing for realtors, not hospitality. But you know, if I'm a realtor and I'm selling into Scottsdale, Arizona, I'm like, well, let me tell you about this particular 
uh, neighborhood in Greyhawk. Where yeah. This particular, we'll, we'll get that feel of like what it's like. Because if I saw videos like that and I'm between two hotels, I'm picking the one where I know I got cool stuff around, yeah. right? Yeah, because you, and also as humans, we we feel and value human connection, Correct. right? And and we want other people in that area to say, this is where the locals go. Right? I loved when I, and I lived in Italy, you know, and, and traveling around, what I learned is if I hear too many American voices, that was not the place to go for me. I was looking for the different accents, like the local accents and say, that's the place I want to eat at, right? Because that is the, where the locals go. And that is a very different, unique feeling. And when you find and can share that and show that in that example you did, it allows people to be attracted to that and go to those places and really vibe into the experience that they're trying to have, whether that's business, whether that's pleasure, whether that's leisure, whether that's with kids yep. or solo travel or et cetera. And that makes a huge difference. So I'm going to impact that even more and I'll tie it to Italy. So I went to Venice and I always tell people, you got to go. Venice is one of the cities you got to see before you die. And I'll have half the people who've already been there say, Venice is okay. You know, and I'm like, where'd you go? They're like Piazza San Marco. We're all the tourists. You got off a cruise ship, you spend two hours in Piazza San Marco. Yeah. I spent five days in Venice. People are like, five days in Venice? I explored every neighborhood. Yeah. I wanted to see the little old Italian nonas hanging <laughs> up their laundry, right? I mean, that's that to me, what are they what are they eating at their local cafe in the morning, right? That to me is the experience. That's what you're gonna remember. And today, when you talk to people about experience, that's what people want. They're like, I'm not spending a million dollars on a house, but I'll pay for experiences. 100%. And that's what I love about this industry, the hospitality space, and right? And, and through this podcast, we've explored and we'll continue to explore some amazing things. And um, everywhere you go, there's something to be, there's something to be felt. And when you want to feel that or you want to know what you're looking for, the concept of video for me is I, I follow a lot of travel, people that do go to travel. And what I'm looking for when I'm watching short form content, reels, TikToks, YouTube shorts, whatever those things are, what I'm looking for is, can I envision myself in that scenario, whether it's like cliff jumping or in that bungalow or on that street corner? Yeah. Can I envision the person I am today? I think that's really important because the person I am today as a traveler is different than the person I was five years ago, 10 years ago, and you evolve. And so creating content around that for the different target markets that you're looking to do, I think, I think it's really easy in hospitality to put some blanket content out there that's like, come to our place. It's great. It's, it's the same experience. Well, what if I don't want the same experience? And I think what's interesting is that so many people are drinking their own Kool-Aid. So again, if I own a hotel, the reality is I'm following a lot of hotel companies online. So I think everyone's doing things. But again, that's this lane, this channel that the algorithm is feeding up to you based yeah. off what you're searching because you're looking at competitors and the state of the industry, et cetera. I think zigging when everyone else zags and the beautiful thing about content is you don't have to do a high value production. You don't have to be like, hey, listen, what are we going to budget for a video for the year? You can do it yourself. Yeah. Right. Sean Walshef does an incredible job with that. He's always taking videos. I'm like, oh, my God, take another video, Sean. And constantly posting it. Right. Yeah. But the reality is, is that part of the reason Sean did it here is like Cali Barbecue, which is, again, the best barbecue in Southern California. It's we're in a kind of a, a, a off the off the road location yeah. here in San Diego. So he had to use social media to draw people to this location. Yeah. And it worked, right? So the reality is video works because video is engaging. It takes it to a much higher level than anything text-based, right? Even think about this. We talk all the time. Yeah, I sent you a text message. We text back and forth. There's some confusion, even though we're very clear in what we're saying. Whereas when I talk to someone and you have the inflection and the tone of voice, 
you better have a grounding of what they're trying to relate to you. That's the opportunity of video. And if you think you're not good on video, great. Get in front of the camera and put yourself on video because the reality is no one's good on video, yeah. especially until you do a few reps. Yeah, I mean, it, you got to put your 10,000 hours, right? Like Malcolm Gladwell says. And so you got to start somewhere. And I think it's it's the art of just doing it is to me the most exciting and impactful thing. And I think we're past this idea when we talk about being the show and not the commercial, we're over overly produced, perfect setup, shot, edited content, right? Because yeah. we don't we don't think of that anymore as authentic and real, mm -hmm. right? That is overly edited. That is overly done. What we want to come back to is I'm a real human. And for many of us, we're never going to experience that upper echelon lifestyle that we see in the influencer age of fast cars and private jets. Like many of us aren't going to be there. So we want to see others. We want to be able to connect to the experience and that authenticity of just jumping on a camera, looking into it and starting to talk is where you got to start when you're starting to build this up. But all those things you just brought up, the cars, the how you can have that if, you, if you're building a business or building a brand and you can do that 10 times faster with video. And you said 10,000 hours. I'll argue if you spend 10 hours over two weeks getting good at video, you would be ahead of 100 people in your industry. Oh. Right, it's not hard to get good at this because you have to look at the competition. So I love this stat from LinkedIn. According to LinkedIn, one percent of their active users they view an active user as someone who logs in at least once a week, creates any kind of content, and that's text-based. We don't have the numbers on what percentage of that one percent create video, but let's assume it's one percent of one percent. And I think I'm being generous in that. Yeah. That's like one in ten thousand, right? So yeah. that's like being the mayor of a small <laughs> town. That's the opportunity. That's a soapbox you have, and you have that soapbox in your pocket on your iPhone. It's amazing. And, and just the fact that we have so much tools and technology at our fingertips, literally, that we can do this. You don't need professional setup. I mean, it's nice to have, but you don't need a whole lot. You just need an iPhone or if you're an Android user. But I don't know what that is. Safe. Um, <laughs> you know, what, what I will say is um, the reality is, is, if you, if you can put a little bit of budget into what you're doing, let's say, you, man, in your restaurant, you can find a room, a back office that's hardly being used, put up some acoustical tile in the, in the corner, suddenly you got a podcast studio. But if it looks slightly elevated, people are going to take it a little bit more serious. Of course. But what I think we're focusing on here is the, the low barrier to entry yeah. of, again, you have the solution in your pocket. Quick note, too, if you want to start making your own videos, CapCut, great editing tool. I think it's like 10 bucks a month for the premium version. You can do everything you want with that if you're just putting in the time. So you can outsource it to people like us, SpliceVideo.com, or you can do it yourself. But the point is, do it because, you know, I talk to founders every day. I talk to solopreneurs from uh, someone with a lawn care business to a Series B tech startup. And the reality is, is everyone wants to avoid the business development. They want to avoid the marketing. They want to avoid the sales. My technical product or my, my jewelry brand is so amazing. People are just going to flock to it. That's not how it works. Yeah. You got to get out there and pound the drum. Even like musicians today, we used to joke about like SoundCloud rappers and stuff. But if you, you can be a musician, yeah. you just have to figure out how to market yourself because you can put your songs on Spotify like that. Yeah. You just got to figure out how to market yourself. Everything comes down to marketing. The more light you shine on you, yeah. the more people are aware, the more they're going to hop into your funnel. 100%. And I think that's, especially if we look at, you know, we're talking about hospitality, but if you even go one step further to hospitality tech, which is the space that Omnibus plays yeah. in, there are hundreds of different platforms and they're all trying to speak to each other. And honestly, uh, we always joke that if Omniboost is doing its thing right, you'll never know about us. 
right? That's that's as platform as a SaaS platform. That's what makes us unique. But I want people to know about us. Yep. So how do I get people to know about what we do? That, that the fact that we can take that off your plate and you'll never know, and that customer experience is seamless. And again, it comes down to for those that we serve, customer experience. And this is where video comes so handy for hospitality. This is all about the experience. You want to create and list that emotion. And video is the quickest way to do that with a low barrier to entry in a way that just opens up the world and opens up people to connect. It's so easy. And a couple tips for doing video, uh, keep it short, ideally 15 to 30, 35 seconds. Longer form has its place for sure. But the reality is we're trying to hit that dopamine, yeah. right? Of people to like stay on that page and, and watch that full video. And I think, you know, we're talking about creating content. There's another option you have about curating content. And what that is, is being a news source. So for example, you're talking about hospitality tech, I'd have a bunch of Google news alerts about hospitality tech issues, pain points, et cetera. Those come into my inbox every day. And I'm like, hey, interesting. I'm gonna post about this great article on Forbes, or I'll do a quick video with my two cents, eight, 10, 15 seconds of, so I read this really interesting article on Forbes about ABC, here it is. So all you're doing is bringing the news sources in, but there's people looking for that in your space, right? You can be like Cali Barbecue Media. Who started a barbecue media company? Sean Walshef did. And now look what he's doing. Yeah. And I think that's, and, and the kind of the third point is that, so you have creating, you have curating. And the last piece is if brands really want to win, you have to engage. Yeah. You have to engage with yeah. your consumers. You have to engage with the people that want those experiences. And this is where I think I wrote a whole book on this, that we don't need more creators. We need more engagers. Yeah. And the idea behind it was not to, not to have people not create, but it's if you really want to make the impact that you want and to create that connection, you have to also engage with that audience, engage the communities you serve. And you can engage with them by creating video content, right? And that two-way two way street. And so I love this idea of the third piece of being, I, I really think hospitality needs to continue to engage in the communities they serve. Oh, I know we could talk for hours and hours and hours, but I do, for everyone, everyone who comes on the podcast, I always ask them the same question. What yeah. is your best and worst travel story? Because we know that travel experiences are some of the most sentient memories. So what was, give me your best and your worst travel story. And it could be the same. Some people are the same. That's fair. And I think the interesting thing about travel is often like, it's when you go home with the memories as yeah. opposed to like the jet lag and the tired <laughs> and crossing borders. Uh, best one was riding camels through the Sahara on the way to a Bedouin village in Morocco. Wow. That was pretty epic. That's burned into my brain. I won't forget that anytime soon. Worst travel story. I'm a good traveler. You know, I, I've just traveled so much, but I'll tell you, I, I, I'll put it into a bucket. Uh, on a cruise ship, again, in 2000s, you know, sometimes you would dock in places where the fuel was inexpensive and they were like, hey, these. so I've been to some some rough places in the in the Caribbean or, or you know, by extension, Caracas, Venezuela, Kingston, Jamaica. So some places where you're like, I don't know that I'm getting off the pier or on a sanctioned shore excursion. Um, so I don't really have a bad one, man. I'm, I'm a good traveler. I've been around a long time, yeah. you know, but uh, I, I would say, you know, watch where you're going. <laughs> yeah, I think when you're traveling, I think the one thing is understand that stuff's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and just be prepared. Be prepared to take it all in stride and understand that you can't let one negative thing ruin a whole experience and sometimes it can there are extreme yep. cases right but on the whole you can't let some of those things hold you back right because yeah. you're there once potentially and this is what i tell everybody you know having lived in europe for two years and I, i'm lucky i get to go back regularly i work for a company that's based out of zealand in the netherlands and i get to go back and travel there but my mentality for two years i never came back to the states for two years i stayed in europe and the, the reason being was 
I may never get this experience again. Yeah. I may never come back to this place again. So I wasn't going to let that affect me from not experiencing so fullest. So I love that as kind of a, a, a motto to travel by. I'll give you my, my best location other than Morocco. This is built for Western travelers was Japan. I went to Japan this year for yeah. a vacation for the first time ever. All the signage was in English. All the announcements were in English. If you're a Westerner and you can't handle traveling Asia through Japan, you got problems. So head to it. Japan. It was <laughs> Go to Kyoto too. <laughs> love it. Well, Nick, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I'm so glad we were able to make this trip happen to San Diego uh, to do this first in real life. I love it. Um, where can, uh, where can folks find you? How can they get in touch with you and the company? Nick Capozzi on LinkedIn, uh, spliceVideo.com. Um, if you have, listen, you just want to pick our brain and talk strategy. I'll get on a call with you. I just geek out on helping people really pull out their stories. If we're fit, great. If not, I'm just happy to, uh, to meet people Love it, and, and take him up on that. So I'll make sure to have his LinkedIn and the company website linked in the show notes so you can click and find them. Uh, Nick, appreciate you so much. And for everybody out there, make sure to be a tier one, like, subscribe, review, all the things to help us grow. And if you have topics or people you want to call on this show, let me know. We're looking forward to it. Thank you again for another episode of Hospitable. I'm going to eat some barbecue. <laughs> we out.